What up, though? This is the Chill Bravado Podcast. I'm your boy, Chill B, and I have a series called Laker 82-16, where we cover the grind, and we're in the grind, of an 82-game long season where it's aspirations to get 16 wins, to get the chip in the end, and we are three games in as Laker fans, Laker stands, and Laker haters, and people have a lot to say. This is the Lakers suck yesterday, they suck again today. <laughs> And that's how a lot of people feel at the moment. But you know what? I'm here. I'm here for the grind. I'm here for you. I, I took I took a little time. I wanted to get a couple games in. I was thinking, okay, the Portland game, we were going to win. And we were going to win. And then we didn't win. <laughs> so that's like simple. But I'm going to give you my thoughts from some of the players that what we've seen because the record is the record at this point. Um, and if someone's three and zero right now, someone's on three right now. This isn't football. The season is not lost, but there is concerns that are gleaming and they're oozing through the cracks of this team, and the cracks are starting to show itself and be obvious to the world or what we make of it. So I'm here, chill, be Laker eighty two sixteen. I'm here to break it all down for you. <laughs> It didn't work in the review. Okay, this is pretty much summing up a lot of what's going on right now. It's a lot of laughs at the Lakers, a lot of inconvenience. But I'm here to get it to you, man, and I'm going to go ahead and start with it. I was going to go through the good, bad, and the uglies of the first couple games, but I just feel like that's what everyone's talking about. And I just want to break it down. Let me go player by player for a minute. And not all players. I'm not going to talk about LeBron. I'm not talking about AD as much this episode. I'm not talking about Lonnie Walker this much. I want to talk about Russ, of course. We have to touch Russ first. The Russ situation is going to be our first talk. And then I got to talk about Pat Bev. And I want to talk about Kendrick Nunn. And I want to talk about Coach Darvin Ham. And then I want to get into the role players of uh, in the play of Brown Jr., Austin Reeves and JTA. So that's kind of how what we're going to do today. So we're going to take all of these, these pieces that we have in front of us, and we're going to try to like narrow it down and have smaller conversations about this bigger picture because the bigger picture is not going to be made in three games. So those who are ready for the grind, let's get right into it. And let's start with Russ. Okay, Russ, well, it's no way around it. Shot selection. Shot selection has to be better. Shot selection, it has to be timely you have to know what shots you're taking and the in the the crucial moment that you're taking them in and we you know we're going to talk about that because my first assessment of russ is he's done some things well and he's done some things not so well but my biggest you know gripe was definitely blaring over my wife heard me just screaming at the tv when he took that shot at the end of the portland game now granted lebron took a bad shot as well but LeBron is LeBron. Russ, he is big game hunting to me. He's big game hunting. 
He's having these moments where he's trying to make these big changing plays on the offensive end. And what he really could do and continue to do is remember when he denied Kawhi like three straight times? Like, big game hunt for those moments only right now. Like, we don't need you to be the offensive savior. We don't need you to be the guy who's going to make the big shot or make the big decision on offense. You're no longer capable of making those decisions on this team as constructed. So if he can get that part in his mind, I know everybody's talking about what he needs to do, what he needs to do. Sometimes less is more. Okay, less is more. Defensive effort and energy is what we need. We don't need you taking a shot, talking about a two for one. Why? Why are you doing a two-for-one when we have a one-point lead, it's 18 seconds left on the play clock, and we have time to run it down and get a better shot? And if you make that shot, that's the kill shot, okay? See, and what? And, and I'm glad I, I remembered the thing against Kawhi. The three straight stops is what Darren Ham likes to call a kill. He says when you get three defensive stops in a row, that's a kill. So, Russ, man, your coach has a whole different type of stat that he's looking at. And it, that was a great moment right there. You were able to put in one, two, three, and, and, and the crowds behind you, they were cheering for you. Didn't that feel good to have them cheering for you? Well, when you was going to take that shot against Portland, the crowd was like, no. <laughs> and when you were playing against Golden State and you were going to shoot, the crowd was like, yay. Notice the difference. Notice the difference. And then I know I hear Reggie Miller and guys saying, man, how is he supposed to play when his own fan base is against him? And I agree with that to a certain extent. I agree with that because how is he supposed to be, um, you know, for the fans? But, I mean, that's a part of the game and all. But And it's got to be tough. But let's take yourself out of these moments so you don't put yourself in a position where the fans are going to go right to Twitter and go right to Instagram and Facebook and they just start, you know, venting and voicing all their great expert opinions and all of their wonderful knowledge of how you should play a game you've played for your whole life and made it to a level they never seen. It's great to see, you know, us on the couch try to tell the athlete how they should be better athletes, even though we're not athletes at that level, you know, but that's neither here nor there. I, we are still fans. We still have a, a, a voice that can be heard because it's all entertainment at the day. But the closing lineup woes, I have to be on the side of the fans. Him going back in that game against Portland, it doomed us. Because as soon as I seen him checking in, I was like, why? So him being in the starting lineup was an issue? No. If I can go back, the closing lineup has always been my biggest pet peeve uh, of for this team. And he is not a person that I trust in a closing lineup in a game that we are behind. And apparently in a game we are now in, in, you know, in front. Eight points, I believe it was. And it went away. And it, it, it's not all him. It, it's the spacing. It, it's, it's, it's his decision-making in some of those tight moments. And it's just, you just lose something when you bring him back in when you're trying to do too much on certain, you know, sides of the court. Or trying to do too much, you know, in certain situations. And it shows with Russ. So right now, Russ is getting a lot of heat. And I was one of the ones, I was like, I forgot. His shot was so bad. I forgot about the bad shot LeBron had just taken, and he frustrated me with that. But it didn't frustrate me nowhere near, near what Russ did. So I was just wanting to let you guys know this is a grind, but I have to be real with you and let you know when I'm upset because I'm not going to be on here just giving you, oh, everything is going to be all right and, you know, talking my, you know, 
calm narrator voice. But no, I want you to feel I have emotions as well. But we also have to break down and look at all the play from everybody else and just know that it's not those one plays that, you know, that one play costs us a lot. But you have several plays throughout the game. You look back and you've been like, oh, man, we could have done this. We could have done that. So I'll say this. He, he's feeding the media machine because I'm refused to talk about him all day. On It's like I want to talk basketball, but people want to talk Russ. Or people want to talk, you know, it's like so annoying that that's the that's as far as the conversations go. And it's so annoying to me because I don't want to just talk about Russ all the time, but I want to get him out the way first. And I'll be right back to assess the rest of the guy. We are back. It's your boy Chill B, and we're about to dive into Pat Bev, who apparently took a dive, okay? As the referee called and changed it, called the end of the Portland game. We almost snuck one away. I was like, hey, we get it great. If we don't, I'm like, man, he did kind of, he didn't flop. Apparently, he didn't flop. He took a dive. He took a dive. Pat Bev, first and golf against him, no more step back threes. And that Golden State game, I was like, all right, bro, I'm tired of seeing you do it. I know you playing against Steph. I know you playing against Clay. I know it's a pool party. But listen, I was about to call Draymond and be like, hey, girl, go holler Pat over there. Hey, I'm gonna need you to go over there and talk to him. You know, treat him like one. Nah, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But I, honestly, I was like, come on, Pat. Stop doing the step back three. You know, shoot your shot, but only the good ones. Okay, it's a make or miss league. Put yourself in a, in a position to make the ones you can make. And he's missed the ones, like, Ham's offense has generated a lot of open shots. And also, defensive have gladly allowed them to shoot those shots until they've proven they can make them. And Pat Bev has not made them. Oh, my God. He, he made a three at the top of the key against Portland. And, and he turned around. I was like, boy, the weight is lifted off me. So I know it's lifted off you is to see one drop. Just like to see one fall in. But it's just been a lot of missing. And we've heard a lot over the first several games in this first week that, yeah, the shooting is all-time historic low. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to have positive regression, and eventually it's going to go back to normal. Like, we're not going to be a great three-point shooting team, but we're not. We cannot be this bad because if we're this bad all season long, this will be a historically terrible, beyond terrible. This will be atrocious. This will be the bottom of the bottom. It will be the abyss of three-point shooting. So Pat Bev got to cut that out. And, you know, Golden State game was thumbs down for me, but he has been getting better and more impactful each and every game. So I give Pat Bev a lot of credit because he's obviously going to continue to fight, continue to go. You see him coaching on the sidelines, trying to coach up AD, making, making these weird noises. And, you know, hopefully that keeps the team engaged because he's a guy who's going to make sure that he keeps the team engaged. He's already told the fans we're going to the playoffs, you know. And that's cool. I mean, I don't really care about a guarantee but if I see the effort and the energy level for him each game, I'm, I'm proud of it and I'm happy for it. It, it. You just have to live with some of the Pat Bev things. Now, moving from Pat Bev to Kendrick Nunn, who has done nothing, nothing. Slow start, and he just hasn't figured out how to play beside the Stars. Like, when he had his run in the preseason, notice it was the games that the Stars weren't out there. So he kind of had a little more free reign. Now you have limited, he have limited shots. You have limited, you know, ball handling 
um, opportunities. And we just have too many ball hands on his team. The struggles are obvious for him. Defensively, he's out there looking like he's just very small. Like Pat Bev's small, but he's strong. And you can tell he's scrappy. Kendrick Nunn looks tiny. Like, he can't check anyone that, that, that the bigger wings. Like, he just has to chase around a shooter or somebody because as far as being a guy who's going to defend, you know, a Paul George, like, him getting switched on to a bigger guard is a nightmare. He's one of the small guards that we can allow to have to try to play up big because he can only go out one position. And that's the point guard. That's the small guard. That's the only position he can guard. Pat Bev's ability to, you know, guard bigger, guard up, is a problem. And I think Kendrick Nunn minutes are going to, you know, dwindle down even more if he doesn't figure out offensively how he can get involved. Because, you know, maybe playing with the Russell-less lineups will help him because that's one less ball handler. Because I, I think I, I think a AD Kendrick Nunn pick and roll could work. I think LeBron can find Kendrick Nunn moving or in a corner. He has to knock down those shots when he gets a chance, but he also has to have enough to get in the rhythm. And he just hasn't had that chance. So I feel bad for Kendrick Nunn because he has such a great preseason, but that's why it's preseason. You're not playing with, you know, the top guys, and now you're limited down to having, you know, eight shots, 13 shots, hmm, four or five shots sometimes. You never know how many shots you're going to get, and he's a guy who looks like he needs to shoot himself into a rhythm, and he's just not able to do that. Cotam, facts over feelings quotes going to come back to be a, a topic for many, many weeks. So when you say stuff like that and you talk the way he talked during all season, had me pumped up, ready to go through a wall for him. But I will give him credit. His defense is much improved. The defense for this team is much improved. Um, he's definitely got these guys flying around and looking a little bit more confident in their assignments. So like people always tell me it's all effort. Defense is effort. Well, at certain levels, effort is great. But then you have to know the structure of your defensive principles and what your coach is wanting you to do. Because one person can have all the effort in the world, but if you run yourself out of your position, you can do it with effort, but you still can be wrong. So I need you to not only give effort, but now you have to have the, the energy level and the structure to complete the defensive assignments. And I think we're doing a good job with that with certain lineups, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But also, the rust control is not as easy as he made it out to be. It's not as, it's not as easy as he thought it was going to be. Like, Russ is really, it's going to be trying for him. You know, to be honest, Russ in the closing lineup, versus Portland, we all know that was a bad idea. Like him still starting Russ, you know, he acting like he's going to bring him off the bench. Well, now nah, we're not, we're just, you know, doing a realignment and we're doing all this stuff. And Russ, you know, tweaked the hamstring in that preseason game. And ever since then, it just felt like, you know, okay, Ham's like, all right, let me let him start. He's a future Hall of Famer. I'm not going to disrespect him. And I'm fine with that. Just say that. But don't tease like you're going to bench the man. Then you don't do it. And then we got to pretend like you didn't just say that or this wasn't an off-season type of conversation. I, from the beginning, was like, there's no way he's benching Russ. And then once he did it in that preseason game, I said, well, I'm going to have to walk back my statement. But then I see on opening night who's out there and who has been out there. And now I can say I told you so. So until he benches Russ for real, for real, and I don't care about the starting lineup. You know what? Start Russ. Just don't close with him if you don't feel comfortable about his game, that his, his, his particular game that he's having in that moment. So let's just pump the brakes on him being the guy. Because fans, you're not being realistic. I'm going to say this. You're unrealistic and unfair to Darvin Ham. I'm not going to end on a bad note with him. 
You're unrealistic. You, you, you're acting like he's supposed to fix this team in three games. You're already calling for his head, using his quotes against him. Cut that out. The man has a four-year contract. He ain't even finished one yet. This team might not even be finished as far as construction-wise. So let's get back to it. Right back, I'm going to get some of these role players, and we're going to talk about trade opportunities. Some surprises. Yep. Some teams expected to do well have done well. The Celtics off to a nice start. Not the Lakers. Not the Lakers. You no. expect them to do well, and they're not. They're having a tough, Ooh, tough time. They're hard. Yeah, I'll they, tell you. They look bad. They can't play dead in the West. <laughs> My goodness. Poor LeBron going to waste his 50th year in the league. On that team? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. It's a lot of spicy talk out here. You know, it's a lot of teams getting real spicy. That was a Kevin Lewis broadcast talking about the Lakers who have nothing to do with them. I know LeBron came and gave y'all your little title. You know what I'm saying? He won one for you. Cleveland. You know, this is for you. And this is the, this is what you show? This is the Maybe this guy wasn't working for them when he won the title. Because when he left and you was burning the jerseys and your team sucked, and then he came back and brought you up and y'all hugged him and y'all was like, yes, the king is home. Unleash, as Skip would say. And he got you to all those finals. And now the man left and oh, how soon they forget who brought you. You know what I'm saying? Don't bite the hand that gave you the ring on the finger, baby. But let's get right into it. Okay, finishing out my talk, I'm going to go to the role players. Troy Brown Jr., Austin Reeves, JTA. Um, These guys, I must say, they do role player things. They know exactly what to do. They know how to play with the stars because they all had a chance to do that. And I know my homie, JR. I know you don't like um, JTA, you know, Toscano Anderson. I know, you know, I know you talked about him and said they should cut him, but he's played very well in his role for the Lakers, and I think that all goes to the fact that he played with Golden State, and he understands when to cut and get the basket. He knows he's out there for defense. He knows he's an effort player. He's, he's got a couple lobs. This guy's done great things in, in limited minutes, and I feel like he's one of those guys who should not have came off the court against Portland, and I just don't understand why are we going to put Russ back out there when you got Troy Brown, Austin Reese, and JTA who all played well that game? They were out there defending their tails off. They had Portland all, you know, um, what's the name, Simons and, and all them guys. No, they couldn't do nothing with the length these guys were given. And it was it was great to see us going that run in the third quarter when we have these guys who really showed up. So Austin Reese and JTA, they just know how to play with the Stars. Now, Troy Brown's junior's debut, I was very pleased with. Defensively, he was encouraging. I, I was so encouraged to see him out there just competing. You're not going to get stops every time, but you can just tell he was tapped in. He know, like, this is his first game. He's out there more comfortable in the defense than Kendrick Nunn is. And you know why? Because Kendrick Nunn is small. Troy Brown Jr., 6'6", has good length. He's able to, you know, do more defensive things. And, um, you know, he just does a little bit of everything. So I, I was really enjoying seeing what he does as a defender. And, you know, and him also cutting to the basket, getting a couple layups here and there. There was running this nice pick and roll on LeBron and AD where it's kind of the, the pick and roll. And then he makes the rebound. He's going to go in and he's going to drop it off to the dunker spot. It was some good action going on right there. Troy Brown was um, a person who got a layup off of it. JTA got some of that. So it's just good seeing moving forward that they're going to be kind of locked in on both ends. Hopefully that continues to keep that ball rolling. And now let's move right into the Russ trade updates and rumors. 
of course they say they're going to wait 20 to 25 games thanksgiving to you know reassess the lineup and and before we you know i get it and i just think the fans are going to go crazy because now we're counting down games i wish it would have never came out fans don't understand because it's a certain time if a person signs a contract during the offseason or during a certain part you're not allowed to trade that person till like early december like december 15th or the 19th so it's a lot of players that you have to wait and then you have to also wait to see what teams are going to be trying to get into the lottery pick um showcase that, that everybody's trying to get with the big boy you know it's the the, the the talent that's coming in you know the next generational talent type of guy i'm doing air quotes because we're supposed to you know we don't know what he's going to do but he's definitely worth going you know tanking for so we, we we're going to revisit all that and we don't have no chance to get in that sweet stage because pelicans are going to get our pick so if we suck all year it still goes to the pell so we have to win games so pell's not able to get a great pick and then look even you know ha 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 that's even more all right lakers are now back revisiting with the rush deals with utah and jordan clarkson mike conley and rudy gay are some of the names that are being linked to this rumor and if, if you see that, do you really like that? Do you like seeing Jordan Clarkson, a guard who can put the ball in the basket? Um, Mike Conley, who's, you know, a serviceable point guard. We're going to debate whether he's, you know, how many steps he's lost. And then you got Rudy Gay, who's a, who's a forward with size. A forward. A guy. Oh, oh my God. A, a, a forward? Someone who can slot next to AD and LeBron? No matter if he's older, but he's still, he's he's serviceable as well you know like when we had Markeith Morris he was not a great player he just fit his role so that deals down the table then you have the, the scary Terry Rozier um you know from the Hornets you have that kind of interest and also you have Josh Richardson is uh, from the Spurs that interest but the contract kind of thing is going to be a little funny with those but if you've seen Terry Rozier and if you do a Terry trade you're going to have to add in some type of other um you know players in there so maybe you'll get the you know the ubres or the or the haywards or whoever there may be who go with it to fit with the rush trade so that that was something that would come and transpire later but right now scary terry is a guy who can play one or two he can shoot it well enough he's 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 still very much a scorer he's a guy who i liked you know i don't know i don't know if i want to give up you know you know draft capital for it but it's a good thing to interest because that that, that garners some type of upward swing but i'm not unless i'm becoming a contender or upper echelon type of playoff team i'm not making a lot i'm not making a move this year just to get rust off my team and then we still be terrible and we still don't have the draft picks in the future so it's not like something i'm looking forward to the josh richards thing it, it, it encourages me too but i know the spurs don't really do trades with the lakers it's a way and it's hard to see but they were saying a way a three-team trade could get josh richardson and terry rozier here we had to do a three-team trade. We kind of split up the first-round picks. But then you got to ask yourself, are the Spurs and the Hornets willing to take just one pick? So it gets really difficult when you go to that. But if we were able to pull off, quote, that heist and get Rozier and Josh Richardson, that would be kind of cool. That would be a good – that would be two good guards to add to this rotation because we know they can put – they can shoot the ball. So that would be great. But if you get the Utah deal with Clarkson and Conley and Gay, I just think you get – you're going to get guys who are going to be able to, you know – work to the team's strength and they're going to do things not to hurt the team so that'll be great too so that's all i have for you today let's think about all those things the good the bad the ugly i'm not getting into all of them from the big lens we had a smaller you know smaller lens this time hope you guys enjoyed it we'll see you next time